You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is a mere six days until Christmas. Are you done with your shopping? I know you're not. I'm not. It is Tuesday, December 19th, and we're talking Indians baseball today with Jordan Bastian, our Indians reporter for MLB.com. Jordan, thank you so much for the time, and uh, with the Christmas holiday drawing ever closer, we'll have a little bit of fun at the end of the podcast with some uh, Christmas-themed questions. Uh, but before that, we'll get to the uh, the news of the day, and of course, uh, Carlos Santana is going to be making sweet music elsewhere in 2018. He is no longer a Cleveland Indian uh, as he is off to the Philadelphia Phillies. So, uh, Jordan, that begs the question, what is the plan now for the Indians to fill that hole at first base with uh, Carlos gone? Well, when we were at the winter meetings and we had a chance to talk to Terry Francona, you know, we posed that question, you know, do you have the the guys internally to handle first base if Santana moved on and signed elsewhere? Um, and this was a few days before the news broke that Santana had reached that agreement with Philadelphia. And what Francona said is, you know, yeah, technically they have the guys. Edwin Encarnacion could play first. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall could play first. You know, there's been rumblings about possibly trying Michael Brantley there. Uh, so they have the guys that, that could do it. Yandy Diaz is another guy, depending on how the rest of the defense uh, aligns. You know, they could run him over there in spring and see what they have. But what Francona quickly added was, you know, but I think we would probably want to go out and sign somebody is what he said. So, you know, right now there's still a lot of free agent first baseman out there. Um, you know, I don't think the Indians are going to be, if they're not, if they weren't in the market for Santana, certainly don't look like uh, a team that's going to be in the market for Hosmer. Um, but there's some of those second tier guys that are at least interesting and present different types of scenarios. You know, one guy they've been linked to is Logan Morrison, who's coming off a career year and, you know, when they look at a guy like that, you have to balance was last year what he is or do you put more stock in the career track record? Um, what they had in Santana was consistency over the last seven years. You know, they knew what they were going to get year in and year out, and he developed into a gold-glove caliber defender at the position as well. So it's a big loss, but I think they're going to continue to search for ways to, to kind of upgrade that spot or at least upgrade the offense uh, in some way, and then that would in turn potentially have a domino effect and lead one of the internal guys to be at first base. Yeah, no shortage of uh, options out there at, uh, in the free agent market for first base with uh, Santana gone. You mentioned, you know, Hosmer, maybe they kick the tires, but, you know, like you said, I think like a lot of people agree, they might go to that second tier of first baseman to kind of fill that hole. And again, as you said, you know, uh, Santana was there for uh, for seven years, and, you know, in the course of seven years, you're going to see a lot of turnover with uh, with any lineup, with any roster. Young guys come up. We see the Ramirez's and the Lindors. You see the free agent signings like the Encarnacion's of the world. But Carlos Santana was always there, always such a steadying presence uh, throughout the ups and downs of his seven-year tenure in Cleveland. So from that perspective, in terms of uh, you know leadership and just overall presence and what he meant to this team, how big of a loss is it through that lens? Yeah, I mean, this was a cornerstone guy, a guy that when they traded for him came up with, was coming up as a catcher with the Dodgers, and he broke into the big leagues as a catcher. And when he signed his extension with the Indians uh, several years ago, 
at the time it was the largest pre-arbitration extension for a catcher in baseball history. I actually think Jan Gomes might have topped that when he signed his deal with the Indians. Uh, then came the experiment at third base. Then came, you know, uh, the move across the diamond to first base. And he put in a lot of work, as I said, to become a very reliable defender there. And he took a lot of pride in his defense. And I think what we saw more recently in the last few years under Terry Francona was Santana kind of, you know, in the past he was, you know, kind of insistent on being in the field and not DHing. And, you know, you'd, you'd hear some moaning here and there, you know, several years ago. And then all of a sudden just this, this switch flipped and he became this ultimate team first guy. And I don't know if it was because the Indians, you know, were reaching that point of, you know, becoming a serious contender. Obviously they reached the World Series two years ago, won 102 games last year. But Santana, you know, as the team reached closer and closer to their World Series goals, became way more open to whatever Terry Francona wanted. If that meant DHing or playing first or moving to left field in the World Series. You know, I, this guy was all over the place. He played, played right field in interleague play this last year um, and just became very willing to do whatever the team wanted, putting the team first. And I think that became... Uh, you know, really respected within the manager's office and I think around the game as well as he looked for potential suitors. But like I said, he had his ups and downs offensively, but was kind of a consistent guy. He would draw 80, 90 walks a year, hit 20-plus homers a year, uh, switch hits, moves around the diamond, really valuable guy. And an image that will forever be remembered by Indians fans was the final out of the ALCS in 2016. You know, he caught the ball in foul ground and, dropped to his knees and hoisted his arms into the air as the the mob then swarmed the field as they celebrated clinching the pennant. You know, he still kept that ball and it meant a lot to him that moment because he had spent so much of his career coming up through the Indians minor leagues and, you know, reaching the world series with that team. So he's a guy that the Indians will miss and the Phillies are getting a good one. Absolutely. And uh, Jordan, any chance that the Phillies and Indians meet in interleague play in 2018 or no? You know, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, if they will, if they do meet at any point in the next few years, because he's signed for a multi-year contract, right. you know, there will be a lot of players and a lot of staff that will be very happy to see him and happy for him for this deal he got and the deal he earned. And uh, and a huge reception awaiting him uh, if by chance uh, the Phillies do visit uh, Progressive Field. And uh, like I said, a very warm reception uh, awaits Carlos Santana when he steps into the box for the first time as a visiting player. Uh, Jordan, let's move on here. Uh, the Indians, uh, it's not official yet, but they've agreed to terms with a veteran at Melvin Upton Jr. Uh, give us the terms of that potential deal uh, when it gets inked and what you see for him in terms of a potential fit at the big league level. Yeah, I mean, every year they have these guys that could compete for, for opening day spots. And when you look at the makeup of their outfield, they've got Brantley, Zimmer, and Chisholm projecting as the starters, potentially Jason Kipnis. All those guys I mentioned are left-handed hitters. So similar to a year ago uh, when they brought in Austin Jackson on a minor league deal that had uh, a spring invite, uh, this, is, this feels like the, almost the same type of idea where it's a right-handed bat, a guy who can play center field or left field, um, and has a pretty good track record of hitting left-handed pitching. As the Indians sit here today, Brandon Geyer is still recovering from wrist surgery, and he's kind of questionable for opening day. So bringing in a guy like Upton just gives them another option. Uh, if he were to make the opening day roster, it'd be $1.5 million plus incentives. Uh, and like I said, it's it's almost an identical 
uh, situation to Austin Jackson a year ago. And I asked somebody if this meant, you know, the door was closed on bringing Austin Jackson back, and they said not necessarily, but it's it's hard to imagine them stocking up on a bunch of these guys. But it's like I said, similar feel to Austin Jackson, and Austin Jackson obviously was coming off an injury-riddled season like Upton is right now, but Jackson went on to play a very, very important role uh, for the Indians last year. And this is the very definition of a low risk and potentially very high reward as they got with Jackson, as you said, uh, this past season and maybe lightning strikes twice with uh, Melvin Upton Jr. here in uh, 2018. Jordan, you recently wrote about uh, Jason Kipnis and a guy that's been heavily, heavily uh, rumored to be, you know, dealt or potentially dealt or, you know, what have you. But his name is out there and he knows his name is out there. And I think for as much as, you know, guys like to say, you know, I don't read it, I don't listen to it, I ignore it. They're human beings like the rest of us. And, and for as heavily as his name is out there, he's got to be aware of it. So what is his, you know, general reaction to to knowing that at the very least, you know, the Indians are exploring uh, packaging him in a deal? Well, Kipnis is not that guy that isn't reading. He reads everything. <laughs> he he scrolls his Twitter feed. He sees what fans are saying. He, jo- he even jokes around that uh, you know about the fans who want him traded. You know, he's a very self-deprecating guy and and very sharp and and aware. And and I think he's a guy that understands the reality of the situation. He knows he was hurt a bunch last year and he only played 90 games and he didn't perform when he was on the field. And you know, when he came back. Jose Ramirez was excelling at second base, and when Bradley Zimmer was out, they tried Jason Kipnis as an outfielder. The Indians really loved the combination of, of Ramirez at second and Lindor at short, so that sort of led to positional questions about Kipnis, you know, where they picked up Brantley's option if he's the left fielder and Zimmer's back healthy, and they want Ramirez at second. What does this mean for Kipnis? So, uh, you know, Kipnis the first to admit. Uh, he said, as I wrote in the article, that, you know, he feels that Ramirez is probably the better second baseman, but he feels the team is better if he's a second and Ramirez is a third just because of the, the offensive potential that that means for the whole group. And, you know, he's a guy that's always played with a chip on his shoulder. You know, when guys are counting him out or thinking he's, he's you know, not going to bounce back, that's usually when he's at his best. And those are the years he's either made an all-star team or had a, a strong showing. And he understands the business side. You know, the Indians aren't a team that – are going to be out there spending the most money, and he's set to earn over $13 million this year. So he kind of gets that if they were to trade him, maybe it would free them up to do something else in free agency. All of that is understandable, and he gets all of that. But what he had said is you know, this is a team that he grew up with. He was drafted and developed by this team. These are all his best friends in that clubhouse, and they're just coming off a 100-win season, two years removed from the World Series, and they have this sense – this really heightened sense of unfinished business given the way last year ended and the way 2016 ended. And he's a part of that group. He's a part of that core group that has come up together and had these, these goals together. And so for those reasons, you know, he's really hoping he's not traded. Yeah, of course. Uh, easy to see why he'd want to remain a part of that core. And uh, to, like you said, uh, wrap up some unfinished business uh, here in 2018 with, uh, you know, the World Series appearance and the 100-plus win season in back-to-back years. Maybe 2018 is the year it all comes together uh, for the Tribe. Jordan, a uh, couple of rapid-fire Christmas questions to uh, wrap things sure. up here down the stretch. Uh, who on this Indians team do you feel would make the best department store Santa Claus? Man, well, uh, Santana would have been the good answer. <laughs> kind of got that stocky build, and he's 
named Santana. Santana Claus, right? Santana Claus, right? Should have put on the beard. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm going to go with uh, I'll go with Kipnis or I'll go with Cody Allen. I don't know. They just uh, they both got beards. Uh, they're both friendly. Uh, you know, they can they they you know, got good senses of humor, and I think uh, they would both be. Uh, those would be good options. I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, big shoes to fill, though, with Santana in Philly, no question. And uh, Jordan, of course, as we all know from the movie A Christmas Story, all little Ralphie wanted more than anything in the world was his precious Red Rider BB gun. So for the Indians this offseason, what is their Red Rider BB gun, if you will? Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about it. First base. Yep. You know, if they could get uh, get somebody to plug in there, it kind of would cause that domino effect for the rest of the roster. But other than that, uh, losing Brian Shaw was a big loss for the bullpen. You know, Tito and, and uh, Chris Antonetti and, and some of the other guys have joked that it would take two guys to do what Shaw's done over the last five years. So, you know, maybe getting some bullpen depth uh, to stretch out that group that's in place would, would be a, on their wish list as well. And, Jordan, to wrap up, I don't know if there's an answer uh, for a team that won over 100 games, but I'll throw it out there anyway. You know, sometimes uh, there's a player and a, and a fan base that needs to kind of kiss and make up after a tough season. So who, if anybody, on this Indians team needs to step under the theoretical mistletoe and start fresh up for 2018? <laughs> uh, you know, I'll go with Corey Kluber. I mean, that hmm. doesn't sound like the obvious pick because he's coming off his second Cy Young season, but it was the way it ended. He had that rough October um, you know, the, the reports that something might have been ailing him physically. He didn't pitch as well as everyone thought he was going to in the playoffs. And, you know, that contributed. It wasn't the only reason that the Indians uh, had an early exit, but it contributed to it. Um, so I think fans are hoping Corey Kluber can come back and be the same guy in the regular season and keep it going into October. Yeah, one of those rare cases where a guy, you know, enters a season having won a Cy Young Award but still has a chip on his shoulder and something <laughs> yeah. to prove. You don't see that dynamic uh, very often, but that is what Corey Kluber is going to have uh, for that dynamic in 2018, and we'll see how the Klubot responds. Jordan Bastian, great stuff as always. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family, and we'll speak again, I believe, uh, sometime in 2018. So we thank you again uh, for the contributions. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.